Thanks for joining us for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. Journey Living is a radio broadcast featuring the Bible teaching of Shannon Meyer, whose passion is to help women walk with God through the trials and challenges of life. Now, here's Shannon. How many of you have been keeping up with the latest craze of the superhero movies? It all started with Batman and Robin or Superman years ago, but now it seems to be that there's new superhero every six months, along with their villains who are perched high above on the IMAX screen, and we are all captivated by their heroism to save the day, along with the entire world, from death and devastation. Although Batman was my all-time favorite character because I grew up in the era where we could see him come out of the cave and in his Batmobile to Gotham City and clean up all that the Joker had tried to destroy. We witnessed him being cloaked in black with his cape in flight to rescue any and all who were in distress. Funny thing is, I still have one of the original Batmobiles and treasure as one of my favorite childhood memories. He was always the good guy ridding our world of evil. Well, now that I'm older and there have been dozens of new renditions made, I would have to say with our world looking as it does with the threat of another terrorist attack on any moment, Iron Man has become one of my new favorites. This 2008 Iron Man movie tells me the story of Tony Stark, a billionaire industrialist and genius inventor who is kidnapped and forced to build a devastating weapon. Instead, using his intelligence and ingenuity, Tony builds a high-tech suit of armor and escapes captivity. When he uncovers a despicable plot with implications, he dons his powerful armor and vows to protect the world as Iron Man. If you have ever caught the movie yourself, you know that he was tortured to near death, making him more apt to save the world if he could withstand the wrath of his villainous counterparts. The beatings, being shocked with high volts of electricity currents, and near drownings rendered him nearly helpless. But this weapon's genius finds the strength and power within to bring himself to a place in his mind and heart to turn this evil into good. Now, all the while, while we are in our lazy boy in the safety of our own homes, we cheer and root for the superhero who is taken to near death to come back alive and whip the enemy to the ground. We can cheer on the good guys and have a great experience watching a screen. But what happens when this becomes real life to us? What happens when we feel as though the enemy has us on our knees to near death and or our heads held underwater and we say, just let me lay here and die. I'm not a superhero and no, I'm not in the movies. No one is paying me the millions to be here to play the other part. I know just how you feel. I've had more times in my life than not where I felt as though one more blow to my family, my finances, my health, my relationship and I was going to go down for the count, and I was not going to get back up. One character above all else in the Bible mirrors such a superhero. He ironically is the one person I can relate to the most. All of you have probably heard of him too. It's Joseph. Well, this is not Jesus, his earthly father that was with Mary. No, this was Joseph, the son of Jacob. For just a little bit of context, Joseph was the youngest of 11 brothers. He was a very confident young man. So needless to say, he was maybe a little bit too confident. He knew he was Jacob's favorite and he flaunted it foolishly in front of his not impressed older brothers. 
His youthful pride cost him greatly. His brother had had enough of him when he announced after having a dream that they would all someday bow down and worship him. His brothers didn't take kindly to his ludicrous babblings and they had made every effort to get rid of him. After throwing him in a pit and stripping him of his coat of many colors that Jacob had made for him, they eventually sold him into slavery to never be seen again. Although Joseph, needlessly to say, was puffed up and very arrogant, he also really didn't deserve the harsh punishment that he received from his brothers. After Jacob had received word that something had furiously torn his beloved son to shreds, he tore his own cloak and put on sackcloth and mourned for several days, which had been the custom. Little did Joseph's brothers tell their father that they had simply dipped his coat into goat's blood to only cover up their own story of throwing him in the pit, being left for dead. Little did they know that dream, although arrogant to tell them about it, that that would certainly come true and they would bow down and worship their younger brother again someday. Maybe today you're wrestling with the wrong that someone has done to you by a family member or a spouse. Maybe it's been by your boss or a coworker, or maybe a sibling like Joseph. You two were only young and naive and you really didn't mean any harm. But they took it the wrong way, and now you find yourself in a pit, so to speak. Maybe it is a pit of despair or depression. Maybe it's the pit where you have been ostracized from the family, and you are deemed the black sheep. Maybe you didn't always make the right choices, and now you're paying for that choice for the rest of your life. And there's no shortage of anyone reminding you of just how wrong you were. Well, you are in good company if that makes you feel any better. Because today, if you are one of those people and you feel a lot like Joseph, then stay with me for the next few moments, because I have some great and encouraging news for you. Believe it or not, there's nothing boundless that can happen inside of us if you will allow it. Just like the hardship that Joseph would endure while living in a pit, or even like Iron Man did while being left in the hands of his captors, transformation will happen. There's a little verse found in Psalms 4.1 that can revolutionize your life if you'll let it. Let me read from the King James Version. It's the best way to get its truest meaning. It says, Thou hast enlarged me while I was in distress. Now for some, that may not hit home very hard, but let me show you its true meaning as David writes this psalm. Some say this was one of the greatest testimonies ever written regarding the effectiveness of God's work during hard times of difficulty. David is saying here that the distress in his life has set him free, not from suffering, but through the suffering. There's a big difference. Isn't it true what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? I know I used to hate that saying, but it really is a true one. I even bought a sign that says I can't tell if this is killing me or making me stronger. Joseph is the poster child for this saying. If there were any royalties, he deserves the rights to all of them. There's also a famous saying about when Joseph was thrown into the dungeon, and that is, iron entered his soul. How many of you would change your thinking about your terrible situation if you could realize that the very place you despise and resent could be the very place where iron has entered your soul? I know once I have learned this for myself, it truly had set me free. It has set me free that even though I had made mistakes, 
those mistakes will be worked out for my good. Even though other people have terribly mistreated me, God was with me every moment in those terrible times. And even though the enemy meant all of my suffering for harm, God truly has turned it out for good. There is a swing of the pendulum in my thinking. And when I wrap my head around it, it becomes truth inside my soul. Although this would not have been the plan I had for my own life, God was going to do something amazing with it and make me strong like iron and do more than I could ever think or imagine. Joseph too needed some hard knocks to knock the arrogance right out of him. I too have needed some of those right along with him. And maybe some of you have too. But here's the thing. If God has allowed this in your life to humble you and take you from someone who is prideful into someone who has been broken and truly humbled, then you will understand what it's like to suffer for a purpose. You now have empathy for those who are hurting instead of making snide remarks or telling them they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get it together. Because once you've been placed in the pit to be purified, you will never, and I mean never, be the same. It is a privilege as you will see it. When God takes you by the hand and allows you to be made into something that you would never imagine could bring glory to the kingdom of God. Maybe you too have had a youthful spirit and have been living in your dreams of what you thought of what you thought life should be like. Maybe you haven't known any hard times and you only live in a fantasy world. Maybe nothing catastrophic has ever donned the doors of your life or your families for the like. You would rather live in the clouds instead of in the reality of the real world. When you see something that is bothersome or where someone may be in need, you quickly turn around and go in the opposite direction so they do not interfere with you in your whimsical way of life. Well, that's exactly how Joseph lived. He was a dreamer. I'm not saying that dreaming is bad. God wants us to dream, but it's not good for us to stay there. And if those dreams don't come to fruition, we'll fall apart. There's a great proverb that says, if you fall apart during a crisis, there wasn't much to you anyways. And I believe that's true as well. Or maybe you are a train wreck over a simple romance, or you've given up eating and sleeping and you can't work or reason. That means when something really important comes your way, you're not going to make it. Iron is what makes the distress in our life worthwhile. It is what makes us stronger. It is what enlarges our lives. There's a great sentence I came across while studying for this very message. It says, the common touch of humanity that gives the world true kinship is not joy, but sorrow. Gold is partial to only a few iron is universal. That again is a fact of life. Most everyone knows sorrow. It is through our shared suffering that we can have compassion for one another. Joseph's road to the palace had to begin in the pit. There was no other way. Your road to glory will take you through the pit of hell at times so that you will know what it's like so that you are desperate to keep others from it. Joseph's shackles are what ultimately set him free. 
He may have started out as a prisoner, but there was no mistake that those ironclads that kept him from becoming more in his eyes than he thought is the very iron that grew strength within him to make him be the governor over Egypt and save thousands and thousands of people's lives from the time of famine. You may think the very thing that has bound you will be the very thing that will never set you free and keeps you a prisoner on a daily basis. Maybe the very thing that God will cause you to rise up in a time when no one else is available with your kind of strength and you may do things that you never thought were possible. It's going to be by God's grace that you were made to be an iron man or woman. So many of our lives start out with great dreams and visions for a better tomorrow. But most know that those dreams are quickly dashed as the reality of life sets in. And we are knocked right off course by the waves of circumstance in the ever-changing tide of life. We keep telling ourselves that things will get better and we hope that life will get easier. But the older we get and the wiser we become, we realize that that is simply the dream of a fool. So we have to ask ourselves at some point in time, is this all worth it? And for what? Why must we endure a life of hardship and tragedy? Well, let me read you a passage again out of the Psalms that this is all not for nothing. It's found in Psalm 105, verses 16 through 22. And I'll be reading out of the Message Bible. It says this, Then he called down a famine on the country. He broke every last blade of wheat, but he sent a man on ahead. Joseph sold as a slave. They put cruel chains on his ankles, an iron collar around his neck, until God's word came to the Pharaoh and God confirmed his promise. God sent the king to release him. The Pharaoh set Joseph free. He appointed his master of his palace, put him in charge of all his business to personally instruct his princes and train his advisors in wisdom. Now that Hebrew word for neck is really soul in verse 18. So really that verse reads, his soul came into iron. A verse or paraphrase that the ancient Jewish translators interpreted to mean iron entered into his soul. Some may say that Joseph's life was cursed from the beginning since he was Jacob's favorite son. And he was certainly ostracized by his other 11 brothers. And if things were not already bad enough, Joseph went and made a perfect spectacle of himself by flaunting those dreams that God had given him. But remember, in Genesis 37, 8, it says they hated him all the more because of his dreams and words. Joseph needed a lesson in his words, and God knew that. Knowing when to shut it down and what he needed to be had to be good for him. But God has a great way of seeing way beyond our inadequacies and looking to the future of what we can become more than where we are today. And I am so thankful that he did that with me. Aren't you? Here's something you might not know about this whole story as well. You see, there was something called the Canaanite culture. Even Judah, being the best, was buying into their corrupt and immortality of the land. It was necessary for God to extract the family from Canaan to cure them of its corruption. But before God could prepare a place for his people, he had to prepare a man for a place. Joseph needed to be prepared. A time of preparation is vital to anyone's success. I had the privilege to travel to Paris Island a few years back to watch the making of a Marine. 
It was an intense process and one I'll never long forget. Those young men and women are prepared for battle. In 13 short weeks, they are stripped of any outside influence. Of any outside influence, they are retaught to talk, walk, and carry themselves worthy of being called a Marine. They are made into soldiers. Their time of preparation is vital to their survival as well as their training to save and protect us Americans in time of war and crisis. At times, it was very hard for me to watch. Some of the newest recruits had just left the comforts of their mother's arms. They had just graduated high school and been coddled for the last 17 years of their life. They knew nothing of long days and sleepless nights, and they never knew what it was like to have only a few minutes to shower and eat, to learn how to use weapons and survive in the cruelest conditions. But one thing was certain when I loaded the plane for home, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that those young men and women had been prepared to fight for our freedom. I was never more proud to be an American to watch the making of the greatest military in the world. I met 21 and 22-year-olds with more credentials than a 40 or 50-year-old. They had been made to lead and make decisions that you and I will probably never have to do. They were prepared to do great things for the world and all of humanity. And I can guarantee you this, there was probably never a greater feeling than that of the one graduating and knowing what they had endured was all worth it. They had certainly earned the right to be called the few the proud, the Marines. Oswald Chambers says this about God's preparation. It is definite, it is drastic, and it is destructive. And that was certainly true for Joseph's life and probably true for many of ours. But one thing always remained true through his entire life, and we can read it again in Genesis 39, verses two through three. It said, God was with him. I'm sure there are things in your life that you would never have dreamed of happening to you, just like Joseph. He had one event after another come tumbling down that it seemed as though it was a never-ending parade of a nightmare. The pit, the prison, and even the palace were probably not thoughts that he had ever thought about for his life when he was young and naive and taunting his brothers with his infamous coat of many colors that his father had made him. One of the greatest movies of all times of inspiration and the passion to rise again comes from The Chariots of Fire. It depicts the life of Eric Lytle, who writes, Circumstances may appear to wreck our lives in God's plans, but God is not helpless among the ruins. That quote made it to my own war room wall. We should write that until that becomes like iron in our own soul so that it is seared into our being, always reminding us that no matter what the circumstance that you think may have wrecked your life or has ruined your plans for a better tomorrow, God is not helpless amongst your ruins, ever. God is always, always, always working on things for your good. And I know that is often too hard to believe in the midst of our crisis. But if we could get a hold of this, it would make all the difference in the world in our lives. Like I said earlier, when I got a hold of that iron had entered my soul through the sufferings that I had endured, I felt like I could stand up a little taller. I could speak with more confidence. And I led a higher standard of living. And I watched for every opportunity that crossed in front of me, whether good or bad, that it was going to be for my betterment. 
Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. All that means is that God is working everything out for his purposes. But we must remember that even when evil comes, he is working it all out in his love for us. Think about our friend Job. Satan ran him through the ringer. And yet in the end, God had a greater plan for him to be used for his glory. Job gives us all hope that we can make it no matter how much the enemy throws our way. Jacob, Joseph's father, even cries out in Genesis 42, 36 and says, everything is against me in his sorrow. But in God's economy, he had another plan. We too would do well to allow iron to enter our soul through our distress. God is strengthening our soul with each passing wave that threatens to take us over. If we can remember to allow God to do his work in and through us, we will come out on top, friends. We will be able to take on challenges that we never thought were possible. Who knows? God may use you to save a family, a church, a school, a government, or even a nation. Don't despise the time of suffering. God is allowing iron to enter your soul. Inevitably, this will enlarge you and make you even greater. Let your very shackles be the wings that ultimately set you free. No matter where you sit today, whether that be in the pit, the prison, or even in the palace, let God strengthen your soul and allow the iron to reinforce all that God has for you. Who knows? You too may become put into a position that will change the world. Won't you take the time to allow God to do that in your life? I sure hope so. Thanks for listening to Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. If you would like to hear this program again or request Shannon as a speaker, visit journeyliving.org. Join us again next Thursday morning at 9 a.m. for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer, right here on Shine FM.